paid it all All to him I owe Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas as I minister the gospel the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus which is the power of God My heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our ears that we can hear, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, grant us that grace. Father, let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Today is going to be kind of interesting. I want us to start in John 10, where we finished off last week. And I'm going to begin in verse 10. Thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Do you see who does the destroying? Not God. And Jesus speaking, I am come, that they might have life, might have it more abundantly. Now your idea of abundant life may be different than what the Bible's idea of abundant life is. We think abundant life, we think of a nice posh mansion with a beautiful pool, all the food you can eat, and no problems whatsoever. That won't ever happen. Do you know what Psalm 34 says? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Whoa! You mean if I'm righteous, I get affliction? If you're a human being, you get affliction. It says in Job that a man born a woman, is life is full of troubles. So you're going to have troubles no matter where you are. The problems don't go away. But what happens in Psalm 34? It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. All. That's abundant life. You always win. The victory is always yours. No matter what the problem, you always get the victory. Why? Jesus won it for us. So we go back to this. The thief cometh to kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. Turn with me to 1 John 2. We talked about the shepherd and how he leads us and goes before us. And now we're going to walk with that shepherd. I'm going to read verse 6. It says, He that saith, he abideth in him. And it's talking about Jesus. He that saith he abideth in Jesus ought himself also to walk even as he walked. If you say that you are a disciple of Jesus, then you got to walk just like Jesus walked. You've got to walk just like Jesus walked if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus. You have to. That's what that verse says. You ought himself also to walk as he walked. Now with that, go with me to Matthew 10, 24. Interesting verse. It says, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. So we got to walk just like Jesus walked. So if the master has to walk through trouble, we're going to have to walk through trouble. If you say, well, I don't have to walk through trouble, then you're saying you're better than the master. Did you ever think about that? If the master had affliction, 
that you're going to do everything the master did, but not have affliction, you are saying that you are better than your master. And that cannot be. So we have to walk just like Jesus walked if we are going to say that we are a disciple of Jesus. Now, I want to get into our message, Philippians 2. There is a wonderful thing in here that I never saw about Jesus until I came to Water of Life Ministries and my eyes were opened. The veil came off and I saw some things about Jesus I had never, ever seen. One of them was Jesus was a man. They kind of started that, what would Jesus do back when I was in Sunday school? But, you know, when you read about some of the things Jesus did, I couldn't do them. And somebody mentioned that Jesus cast out devils. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's back then. They don't do that anymore. What? We ran out of devils? Now, let's look at this. Verse 5 of Philippians 2. These are some beautiful, beautiful scriptures. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, which was also in your master. So if this is your master, this is how you're going to have to walk. This is how we are going to have to walk if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus. And this is not always easy, but it's beautiful. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Being in the form of God means he was God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. Jesus was a God. So when it says here, in the form of God, he was a God. It says that in John 1.1. 1, 1. So being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And that word, if you look it up, those words means to empty himself of all, all his godly Abilities. This is our master. Jesus emptied himself of all his godly abilities. All his godly powers. He emptied himself. Isn't that beautiful? He emptied himself. God didn't do it. Jesus did it. Why? Out of love for you and me. Out of love for you and me, he emptied himself and took on him the form of of a servant. Well, we know that form of a God, he was a God. Now he's the form of a servant. He's a servant and was made in the likeness of man. Jesus being a God emptied himself of everything and became a man. You know, it says in Hebrews that he took on the form of Abraham and became a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. Did you know that you're Messiah? Your master became a mortal. He became a mortal. He had to suffer death. He laid all his godly ability down. All of it down. Can you imagine being in the splendor of heaven and laying it all down and becoming mortal? That means that you have to eat. That means that you have to sleep. He never had to do that before. That means that he had to go to the bathroom just like any other mortal. Why? For us. In Romans, it says, by man came death, by man 
by another man came the resurrection. And that other man, that other man was Jesus. His love for us, he laid it all down and became a servant, became mortal, mortal, so he could suffer death for us. Now there's something else in here we need to see. But made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And look at this. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient. Obedient. Did you know that your Messiah, the one that was God and was with God, came down here and took on the body of a man, became mortal, and had to become obedient. This is the, the God that created everything you see. Everything that was created, everything that was created you can't see, was created through Jesus. Through Jesus. It was all created through him. And now he lays that all down, becomes a man, and he has to become obedient. Well, if our master had to become obedient, then that's what we got to do too. We have to be obedient. You know, I never heard that word in the denominational church. You go into some other churches, that's a bad word. Don't mention obedience. We don't even want to hear about obedience. We don't even know what that is. We don't even want to be obedient. But your master, your master, your savior, became obedient, and not only just obedient, but obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross, Jesus had to become obedient. Isn't that beautiful? He had to suffer as a man, and part of that suffering was to become obedient. Obedient. Let's go on. It says, became obedient, even the death of the cross, wherefore, because of his obedience, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He deserved this. He was awarded this. He got it through his death burial and resurrection and because he did it God made him his name over every name he brought Jesus after the resurrection up into heaven and Jesus got I love it all the glory that he had before the world was he got it all back you see that in John 17 when Jesus is praying he said father give me the glory that I had with thee before the world was when I get through with this job you know what? It was given to him. Not only that, he went to sit at the right hand of the Father, far above principalities and powers and mights and dominions, far above them. That's our master. And we sit with him. We sit with him, if you believe. All right, obedient. Now I want us to go to Hebrews 5. We're going to look at the same thing. In the days of his flesh... When he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears. This is talking about Jesus. And him that was able to save him from death. Whoa! What do you mean save him from death? 
Like I said, Jesus became mortal. Jesus became just like you. He became mortal. He had to. The only way he was going to overcome death was to die. But the only way you're going to die is you're going to have to become mortal because gods don't die. You can't kill a god. You can't even kill an angel. But Jesus became mortal. And he was going to go to the cross in obedience. And he was going to do everything that the Father laid before him. He was going to be obedient to the Father. Obedient. He became obedient. It says, in the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplication, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. Do you see? Jesus could not raise himself from the dead. Jesus could not raise himself from the dead. Why? He was mortal. He was dead. Gods don't die. Jesus was mortal. He was dead. He had no power to get himself out of hell. Who got him out of hell? The Father. Acts 2, the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And Acts 8, he raised Jesus from the dead through the Spirit of God. Jesus was raised by God. Jesus was raised by the Father. He was raised from the dead by the Father. And the power of God made that body, that mortal, immortal. Immortal. When Jesus was raised from the dead, his mortality was overcome. He became immortal. Never to die again. Immortal. And because he did that, you and I someday will be the same. Immortal. Death will be swallowed up in victory. And we will live forever just like Jesus. That's the love of God. He not only raised Jesus from the dead, he's going to raise us all from the dead. Not only that, he's going to raise everybody from the dead. If you think that you are going to die apart from God and hide in hell, you have a surprise coming. You're going to be raised from the dead. You Either you're going to go to be with Jesus or you're going to hell. You are going to be raised from the dead. You will be resurrected. That is a promise. You are coming back. And you will become immortal. But the big thing is, where are you going to spend your eternity? Where are you going to spend your eternity? When you are raised from the dead, you're going to be standing in front of the great white throne judgment. And you will either go be with Jesus. Or you will go into the lake of fire. Forever. Forever. Not for a short time. Not to pay for your sins and then come out. There is no place in the word of God that says that. And the word of God cannot be broken. Your church doctrine can be broken. But the word of God cannot be broken. There is no place written in the word of God that says there is a purgatory. There is no place in the word of God that says you will only pay for your sins in hell for a little bit. 
That is not true. It is not written in the Word of God, and the Word of God cannot be broken. You better get born again now. You better get your life right with God now. You know, he made a way by becoming just like you, becoming immortal, so you wouldn't have to go there. He took the wrath of God for you, so you won't have to. He did it all for you. That's why he laid down his life, so you wouldn't have to go there. And the only thing that keeps you out of hell is saying, Jesus, letting him be Lord of your life. Jesus, that is the only thing that's going to get you out of hell. You know, you can go to church your whole life every time that door opens 50 years, and you will still go to hell. Why? Jesus said you must be born again. Why would he waste all his time coming down here, suffering the death, burial, and resurrection of the cross, going to hell for you? Why would he suffer all of that and there be some other way to get there? That is foolishness. There's only one way. And we talked about that the last two weeks. There is only one door. And there is only one way into that door. And that is Jesus. Jesus. That is the way into the sheepfold. That's the way into heaven. That's the fire insurance to keep you out of the lake of fire is Jesus. And he gladly went for you and he gladly suffered for you. Father made a way for us to keep out of there. Let's walk it. Let's believe it. Let's start thinking about our eternity. You know, this program goes all over the world. It's now time to start thinking about your eternity. Not just tomorrow. Not just how much money you're going to make this year. Not just what you're going to eat this weekend. You better start thinking about your eternity. Because if you have any eyes to see and any ears to hear, it is not far off. It is not far off. You've got time. You can fix it. You can fix it in a moment's time. You can fix your relationship with God in a moment's time. And how do you do that? You get as humble as you can, just like the man that Jesus talked about. He went into the temple, he bowed his head, he beat his breast, and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you know what Jesus said? That man went home justified. That man went home fixed. It took only a couple moments. Father, have mercy on me. And Romans 10 says, those that call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Shall be saved. You can fix it right now so that you don't have to be afraid to go to the marketplace. So you don't have to be afraid to go down into downtown. That you don't have to be afraid of those places. Why? Because your eternity has already started. When you were born again, your eternity is already started with Jesus. You have already become one of the sheep of the pasture. You have already gotten your shepherd, and he will lead you. If you have to die, he will lead you right through that. I have a beautiful testimony that comes up in my heart. Dole Davidson's grandfather was a hard man. He got sick, and Doyle's father, Lyle, spent, I think, nine weeks in the hospital. 
nine weeks, this is back in the 60s, spent many nights with him, all night, ministering to him, talking to him about Jesus, telling him he must be born again, getting him ready to meet the Father, getting him ready for the great white throne judgment. You know, you're going to be there alone. You and God and Jesus. There isn't going to be your wife. There isn't going to be your husband. There isn't going to be a family with you. It's just going to be you and him. And he ministered him nine weeks. He thinks that there were only two nights that he didn't spend with his father-in-law. His father-in-law ministering the gospel to him. What love! The end of those nine weeks. One of the nights he was in there. And his father-in-law, Frank Miller, said, Lyle, Jesus is standing at the foot of my bed. What love. And we're afraid to talk to our parents. We're afraid to talk to our relatives about Jesus. Well, they might get mad at me. Who cares? Get them into heaven. Get them to say that name. We had some last week. It was amazing. Two or three. They were born again before they left. Your eternity starts the minute you are born again. That is an assurance. That is a peace that passes all understanding. There is a woman that Smith Wigglesworth went to. And she was dying. And Smith Wigglesworth talked to her about praying for her to be healed. And you know what the woman said? She was dying of cancer. And she was in a lot of pain. Smith Wigglesworth was talking to her. And she said, you know what bothered me the most? I don't know if I'm born again. No wonder she was in so much pain. No wonder she was in so much torment. She didn't know that she was born again. Do you know that you can know that you know that you know that whatever happens to you, Jesus will be there when you die? Do you know that? First thing Smith Wigglesworth did was get her born again. And after she was born again, she know what she told him? She said, now I don't care if I'm healed or not. Why? Because I know where I'm going. You know what God did? He healed her anyway. Are you born again? Do you have the man inside that died for you? The man that was obedient to God went to the death of the cross. You know, as a mortal, he didn't even want to go there. But he went anyway. Why? Obedience. Obedience. There are times that we have to be obedient like Jesus. If you will go with me to John 12, one of my favorite verses. It shows how human Jesus was. John 12, 27, Jesus speaking. He said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. His soul didn't want to go. His flesh didn't want to go. Why? He knew what it was going to take. He knew the pain. He was going to have to endure. He knew it. He didn't want to go. If you will go with me to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, Jesus said in verse 52, Peter cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Verse 53, thinkest thou not that I can now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels to get me out of here? He had that much communion with God, but look what he said. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. That's our master. There are times that we are going to have to be obedient when we don't want to. 
But we have a master. We have an example that went before us, that went even when his flesh didn't want to go, but his spirit ruled the day, and he went to the cross for us. We have to be obedient. And I want to show us one of the first things we got to be obedient in, just like our master. Romans 10, verse 15. It is written, and how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, that bring glad tidings of good things. But look at this next verse. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. If we continue with that verse, for Elias saith, Lord, who has believed our report? Did you know that to believe the gospel is obedience? Did you know that we are to obey that gospel? And to obey the gospel, we have to believe it. We have to walk in it. It is not enough to know what the gospel is. It is not enough to be able to recite 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Verse 3 and 4 is the definition, the bona fide definition of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15. This is the definition of what we're supposed to obey and believe. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. How? That Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. It's not enough to know that. You got to walk it. You got to believe it. Obedience is believing it. Obedience is believing it. And if you're believing it, it'll work. It'll work in your life. Did you know that was obedience? Go to Romans 1, verse 5. Paul speaking, the Apostle Paul, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. Did you know when you use your faith, that's obedience? Did you know when you believe God, when you trust in God, when you trust in his word, that's obedience. You know what obedience brings? It brings blessings. It brings the answer. It gets rid of the troubles. You get victorious. It is obedience to believe the gospel. Jesus had to be obedient to the Father. And he had to be obedient even to the death of the cross. We have to be obedient to the Father just like our master was. Let's obey God. Let's listen to the shepherd. Let's hear his voice. Let's do what he says. Because he is our master. And he will lead us. His job is to lead us where we will have life and have it more abundantly. We can have troubles up to here and be in peace because we are walking with God. That's where we want to be. And we want to walk in that power. Do you want that? Like I said before, you must be born again. You must get Jesus into your heart. And the only way to do that is to ask him, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. I believe that you are raised from the dead. Fix me. Guide me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. 
She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.